Justin. <laughs> yeah, you, he needs a ride home. You may need the couch. No, you won't need the couch. How's everybody doing today? Man, I'm telling you, isn't it great? Just corporate worship. Let's welcome our online crowd. God bless you guys. So good that you're with us, but there's something about being in the house. Something about you cannot get that online. I, I mean, it's just, I'm glad you're with us. And, you know, in some cases, that's what you've got, and we get it, and, and we're honored to be able to do that. But boy, the presence of the Lord is in this place. God is so good, and uh, I'm so glad that I serve Him. The worship was wonderful today. And I tell you what, man, I could just, uh, you know, part of me, I'm like, okay, Lord, just tell me. But there's going to be time at the end of this message, I will pray for you. If you need healing, God will do that. I believe he wants to do that. You're going to get some information today on how to receive that so that can happen for you. And how many like to leave better than you came? Amen? Come on. Well, I got to give you a couple groaners. It is Sunday. (laughs) You know, there was this town, a small town, and they were having a contest for who could come up with the best pun. And this man thought, you know what? I'm going to do it. So he got, he narrowed his list down to 10, sent them in, and figured he could win something, but no pun intended. All right. My daughter sent me this. Two windmills are standing on a wind farm. One asks, what's your favorite kind of music? The other replies, I'm a big metal fan. (laughs) Did you hear about the cheese factory that exploded in France? There's nothing left but debris. (laughs) You needed those, didn't you? (laughs) How was church today? Well, if you're a guest, welcome home. We're glad you're with us. We believe that God created you for a purpose on purpose. You have a life that he wants you to just excel at and that, uh, by his kingdom, amen? We've been talking about the faith of God, not just faith in God, but we've been talking about faith of God. And we've, I've titled this Ground Floor Believing. And he is showing me things that I, you know, I've been doing this over 30 years that I hadn't seen that way before. And he wanted me to share them with you. So this is week four of that. And so we're talking, good to have faith in God, come on, but to understand that we also have the faith of God, that's a a big difference. So it's not the same thing, it really isn't, it's great to, again, have faith in him, I believe in God. How many knows the devil believes in God, he knows there's a God, but to have the faith of God, to know that God put faith in me, that's his faith, that's pretty amazing. Um, we've made some radical statements. When we are saved or born again, we have the same quality and the same quantity of faith that Paul had, Peter had, that Jesus had. Romans 12, 3 says, For I say, though the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dwelt to every man, not a, but the measure of faith. And I'm aware that uh, other translations say A. I, I get that because I, we've, we've read that over and over again. But we got to understand the translations are made so that we can understand things easier, that it's just easier for our minds to, to take. I mean, how many continually always read King James? 
most people are like, I really don't talk in thee and thou, so I, I will, you know, I'll read something else. So I get it, but I believe in this instance, we just needed to look at, if God is telling me something and I'm missing it, I want to make sure that I get it. We went to, you know, not just a measure, this is what we're talking about, God gave us the measure. We went to Galatians, we're reviewing right now, 2.16 and verse 20 as well, um, uh, and this is what it says, uh, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ, and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified with Christ. I know my mic's going in and out, so you know we'll, we'll figure that out. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live, I live in the flesh by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. It's important to understand there's only one measure when we are saved, the faith of Christ, not just the faith in Christ. There is one measure. I've showed you that and talked about, remember, if we had a ladle, and we all thought, well, if we all got the same measure, if we were doing a soup line and everybody had their bowls and I was pouring out soup, the ladle was the measure. Everybody got the measure. It's not summer here that said, well, I got a teaspoon, I got a tablespoon, I got an eyedropper. We got the measure. And uh, there's others that are thinking, well, when he went to give me the measure, he jiggled his arm and I didn't get all of it. You got the same measure, according to the word we're looking at. So when he got saved, he gave us supernatural faith to believe something that we couldn't see. We can't see God. We can't see Jesus. We can't see sins. We can't see when our sins are taken away. We can't see heaven. We've not seen that. We've not seen hell. Now, I'm not saying we can't have encounters or anything and we can't see the the things that happen because of those. In other words, you know, we know how we feel when we're clean. We know how we felt when we weren't. So we, we understand that, but we literally can't see them with our natural eyes. It takes a supernatural faith, not an ordinary human faith to believe for salvation. So we were given, when we said yes to God, the faith of God. Galatians 2.20 again, crucified with Christ, nevertheless... Uh, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So we're not just living in God. We are living by the faith of the Son of God. He was using supernatural faith to do this just like you have to do it. You have to put this to use. Say amen. You're going to have to put this to use. It sounds like I'm lifting, doesn't it? I forgot to give you one more announcement, so let me quickly give that. There is a youth drama practice on Thursday. We're doing an Easter drama, so any students between 11 and 18 graduating high school, come and see me Thursday night here at, we're going to start promptly at 7 and end promptly at 8.30. All right, moving on. If you understand that there's only one measure and that you got the same measure, that'll change everything. It'll change everything. If you said yes to Jesus, and I mean if you said yes, and today's the day you say yes, then today, right now, in your spirit, you'll get changed. Your spirit will get that measure. You and I that have accepted the Lord, we have that same measure. We have that kind of faith, come on, that opens blind eyes. We have that kind of faith that heals the sick. You see, we don't see ourselves like that. We see ourselves as we can't do that. Sure, Jesus can do all that, but we can't. You have the same, I'm going to say it again, you have the same measure that Jesus had. 
You can heal the sick. You can open blind eyes. And actually, you aren't doing it, but the same measure of faith of God in you is doing it. If I had to walk on water, I could walk on water. I'm not going to try that because I don't really have to. But if there was ever a situation, I mean, Peter did it. If Peter did it and he had that measure, he exercised that. We can speak to things and change them. I told you stories of Kim and I, we had trees that were dying, and we laid our hands on those trees and spoke to them. They came back to life. It was almost like the fig tree. We're like, this Bible stuff works. Sometimes we didn't even understand what we were doing. We don't know how we tapped in on it. I told you the story where I hit that golf ball, and I won a golf bag for hitting the longest drive. And people came up and, hey, man, that's awesome. How'd you do that? I have no idea. Because I couldn't do it twice. I could do it once, and I don't know how I did it, but it did it, and I was, like, thankful for it. But it was really hard to repeat because I really didn't know what I did to make it all happen. So sometimes in this walk, we figured out things. And so we started asking ourselves, how did this work and why? Now, Pastor Gary would call it a spiritual scientist. You start saying, okay, then why did this happen? How did this happen, and why didn't this happen? And you start looking at things maybe a little bit different. And, you, and God starts pulling back layers that you couldn't see before because you'd never tried. I'm going to give you three points. I've used them before in a message, but the Lord brought them to me and said, these will work. And I'm like, they do. I'm going to say them at the beginning. We may say them throughout a little bit, but here they are. Because in our minds, some of you right now are thinking, I can't start. I'm not you, so I am not the faith I don't have the faith you do. Yes, you do. Here's, and I'm going to explain it, and I'm going to show you scripture. Are you ready? Because here's the thing. We have the same measure of faith. What happens, before I was a pastor, I was a bodybuilder. When I met Kim, I came back to town. I'd been competing. I'm doing all that stuff. I, somewhere we have those pictures. I, I have a couple on my phone just so they inspire me, because now my body was building in other ways. <laughs> that's no time to say praise God right then <laughs> just so that you know <laughs> praise God okay um, so uh, what, here's the difference if I'm up front and I'm you know the people that win those things they have chest muscles they have biceps they have triceps they have back muscles just like I do some of theirs were more developed, but they have the same muscle. You following me? So it's not like we have different muscles. We had the same one. He just used it more and made it bigger. So it is the... I'll go try this side again here. Roy, listen to me. You ready? It's the understanding of how this works. That's how things grow. Or... Your faith doesn't have to grow because God gave it to you as complete. But your understanding, your mental idea of what it is and how to use it, that's what grows. We'll get there. When we believe and start to act, we put our hand to what we believe in. God says you'll bless the work of our hands in heaven. Zero and zero is still zero. But when we start putting our hands to work for the things that God has told us, quit aiming at nothing. If you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. But continue to say, God, it's time. It's time I started seeing things happen in my life. 
James 2.26, for as the body uh, without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. You want to start seeing things happen, you have to start activating your faith. Faith is voice activated. Did you catch it? You are using Jesus' faith, God's faith. He gave it to you. That's why it works. You see, some of us think, well, I got too much. My faith is too polluted. I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. We're not talking about your faith. I'm talking about the faith you got when you said yes to God. You can't add to that. It's perfect. We've heard all this in church. I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. I was an old sinner, I guess. (laughs) Saved by grace, but I got changed. One of those things was, I now have a supernatural kind of faith. A raising from the dead faith. A faith that when I pray, things happen. It's on the inside of me. I have it, and God wants me to use it. Did you know go into all the world and preach the gospel? There are people, they're looking for people like you and like me that will come up and go, you know what? God wants you well. When I pray for people, I expect things to happen. I believe they will, and I have no doubt. Now, this isn't always just, it's, I'm not saying it's always easy. When I first was going out speaking before I was pastoring and One of these days, the Lord's going to have me do some of that. I'm still pastor, but I'm going to go out and speak on the side and all that kind of stuff if the Lord wants me to. But this is one of those times that we were in some, I want to say it was some kind of a coliseum or something. I don't know. It It was a bigger room, a couple hundred people there. And I've told you this story, so I'm going to condense it. I had no idea. I had a message. I was speaking, and the Lord just inside me was just like saying, Hey, Brett. Hey, Brett. He said, I want to heal somebody, they're blind, and I want to heal them. And I'm like, well, you go right ahead. That's what I'm thinking. You don't need me. But here's what happens. He does. Because he needs you to cooperate with him. And I said, "I I don't know. Kim was sitting in the front with a friend of ours. And, um... I'm just like, and he kept doing it. I couldn't keep my mind on track because he kept, it's like I, I do sometimes. We men, we, we interrupt a lot. <laughs> or, or we, you know, we can't keep focus on, boy, that's a pretty nice watch you have there. No, we can't keep focus on something or whatever. But I, he just, you know, and so I just said out loud, I said, God wants to heal somebody here. And the room goes completely quiet. And he says, tell him it's a blind person. I said, somebody here is blind. Nobody says anything. I am up here, and it's just like you can hear people breathe. And then God said, she's on your right. So I'm like, oh, it's a girl. She's on my right. I said, she's on my right. Nobody moved. He said, she's four or five rows back. Oh, you're four or five rows back. Then he said, what row? And this older woman gets up, white cane, red stick. Now, I couldn't see the white cane, red stick till she got up. 
She had somebody lead her, they, and they came clear around front. The whole place, completely quiet. She comes down. She's kind of walking with the stick, and somebody's got a hold of her arm. She's kind of doing the Tim Conway shuffle and come down. I have never, this is true, never done it before. I'm like, okay, here we go, because things are going through my mind. I don't know if it's going through yours. What if she doesn't see? You ever think of that? I mean, now, like, I've just, I've just put this whole thing out there. I have not did a study on what I'm te- teaching you now. As a matter of fact, I didn't even know that part now. Then, yes, that's what I mean. And so they bring her down here. She walks up, and I said, and this is what the Lord told me, said, ask her what she wants. Which, you know, duh. Have you, have, you read the Bible, and God says, what do you want me to do for you? And the, to the blind guy, I'm like coupons to the steak and shake. No, he's not going to say that. <laughs> so she said, and she said, she goes, she was probably like, she seemed like she was like 85 or something. She said, I, I want to see. And so I I put my hands over her eyes, and her eyes were all cloudy, like milky, you know? And, uh, and I put my hands over her eyes. I didn't go to the school of the blind. I didn't, I just like, okay. And I said, I command your eyes to see every part of your eye to work and function. I took my hands away. I don't know my exact words. I took my hands away, and her eyes were crystal clear. And I remember when I took my hands away, I went, because it startled me. Like, you'd think I would be um, like, okay, yeah, boy, you can see. But she could see. And the, the place was right there. The friend leaned over to Kim and goes, I didn't know he did that. And Kim goes, me neither, first time. <laughs> Felt like Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> I didn't know you could do that first time. She goes, this is this old lady. She goes, I can see, I can see. And the whole place just erupted. And then people started filing out of the aisles. Pray for me, pray for me. Why? Because somehow I had tapped into the faith of God. If you'll, see, you don't have to have everything just right. But you have to believe that you have it. If you don't acknowledge you have it, hard to have faith in something you don't acknowledge exists. I acknowledge the faith I have is God's faith. He put it there. He put it in you if you said yes. And it is my use of it and belief that makes it manifest. I've seen people healed. They're getting healed here every week. There'll be people healed today. God does that. It's his will. He uses maybe me, maybe you to accomplish that. Let's just say I'm the jumper cables. I've just got some cables attached to him, and we're going to attach him to you. And that current's going to flow. Let that sink in for just a second. Well, Brett, I don't believe it. If you don't believe it, you probably won't see things I'm talking about in your own personal life. You may wonder i got to make that faith grow. Remember what I told you. It's not your faith that's growing. It's your soul. You know what your soul is? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. You see how quiet it is right now? Because we're all learning something. Because in our mind, our will, and emotions, God doesn't have to grow. God's perfect. 
You can't get any better with God. There's no imperfection there. When he gives you something, it's perfect. So what grows is our knowledge of what we've got. So when our knowledge grows, it, it appears like, wow, my faith has gotten bigger. My faith is the same as yours. It's just my use of knowledge of how that works is bigger. Make sense? I have to understand, and so do you, the, of faith and how it operates and the laws it obeys. Philemon or Philemon, however you want to say it, 1.6 says this, The communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. You have to acknowledge that God put that there, acknowledging that. If you don't acknowledge it, it's hard to use something you don't say is even there. 2 Peter 1.1, 1, 1, Simon Peter's servant and an apostle of Jesus have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Remember that obtained like precious faith. I did a study. You looked that up. It means identical. You have the same identical faith. So I'm going to give you those three points that I talked about just a few minutes ago. I didn't forget. I'm trying to establish something. You don't need more faith. You don't need a purer faith. There's nothing more pure than God. You don't need a more potent faith. You need to find out the faith that you have, acknowledge it, and then learn how to use it. Here's those three points, and we can, you can put them in wherever you want. So normally I'll go step one, step two. I'm putting them all together right now. Start where you are. Use what you got. And do what you can. Start where you are. Use what you got. And do what you can. Don't try to be somebody you're not. I've done that before. It doesn't work real well. Be who you're, be who, you know that God made you. If you look at your thumb, you have a thumbprint. And it is not like anybody else's. It is, it is different because you are special in his eyes. You are thumb buddy. So he, he, I mean, he's made you on purpose for a purpose. So start being you. Start where you are. Use what you got. If you have accepted Christ, you have the measure of faith. And do what you can. 2 Peter 1, 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. People pray and ask God for, God, I just need peace. I need joy. I need you to break discouragement. And I get all that. And we, you know, yes, amen, God. We beg and plead God. This, what we just read, said that grace and peace come through the knowledge of him. See, the problem with our world today is we want everything fed to us. Everybody give me everything. I don't want to have to do any work on my own. Give me the remote for this, Brett. I don't have a remote for this, guys. If we don't have the right knowledge, we're not really going to experience that grace and peace. According to the word, we have to have the knowledge, our understanding. God's knowledge, not man's. Man can rationalize everything. The doctor says this, I've got bad news and more bad news. What do you want first? Patient says, give me just the bad. Doctor said, you have 48 hours to live. Patient says, well, what's worse than that? He said, I was supposed to call you yesterday. Got busy. 
Seriously, the report isn't good, but there's a lot of understanding of what you need. There are people that take the doctor's word far better than God's word. So whatever the doctor says, well, what about what God says? What if he says something contrary to what the doctor says? I mean, if I say something contrary to what God says, you better take what God says, not what I tell you. Let's just peel this back a little bit more. When we go and leave this earth, and we've made Jesus our Lord, we're going to be more alive than ever. I mean, this isn't the end. We're going to, you know, we're going to be in heaven and... You know, basically, the way we conducted ourselves or the things that we did with God, it'll help us up there, according to the Word. But knowing that we get to spend eternity with Jesus, that kind of puts a little bit of the fear flame out. What's going to happen when you die and all of those things? The Bible is pretty clear about that. You need to understand that by the stripes of Jesus, the Bible says you were healed, past tense. If you don't get that or don't understand that, that there's not even a possibility of a miracle, it's going to be tough for you to believe. If you're going to take man's word over God's word, then it's hard for you to believe that you'd even have faith for a miracle or anything. I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying it's going to be harder. I mean, Jesus was a carpenter, right? Says he's building us mansions. It's been about 2,000 years. They ought to be pretty good. I bet you they're stunning. So, I mean, worst case scenario, we're going to spend eternity with him, and we get to live in a mansion, and we have supernatural peace. I get that, but I'd like to enjoy my life here. I'd like to live in supernatural peace and, and experience grace and divine health. You know, you know what div- divine health is? That's what, you, can, you can walk in divine health and stop sickness before it gets to you. I want to learn how to do that, don't you? If you start seeing any signs of sickness, don't wait till you go, well, I'm going to wait till I get this or this or this. Then I'll start rebuking. Ain't no thing but a chicken wing. You better not do that. You better just get on that right away and say, that's not coming near my house. And start speaking to whatever those symptoms are trying to put on you. And I'm not condemning anybody. So please, 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 please hear my heart. I'm not saying anything if that. I'm just saying I need to learn that too. Pastor Kim and I, we're practicing that. We're saying, okay, God, let's do this. What do you say we do? Well, you say that, that's what we do. Just hear me. God wants you well. Healing is for today. You can believe and get healed. Period. And I'm not saying doctors are bad. I, I've been to a doctor. That's, I, they, they're going to tell you what they tell you. They're, you know, we've been to doctors that are born-again believers. And, and I'm not saying that medicine is bad. I'm just saying God created all that. Yes. But I would, I would rather get God's word and say, what do you want me to do for this? Or what am I believing? Or am I believing more in something else? Now, see, some of that is kind of hard. And some of you are going to get mad at me. But you're going to need to love me anyway. I'd rather believe God, God. Let's 
What makes, how can I, I want this totally gone. Have you asked him? What's he want you to do? Anything is possible to him who believes. Somebody say, but God. I'm telling you this morning, anything is possible to him who believes. And you need the knowledge of his will so you can apply it to your life. Because you believe it. Grace and peace don't come by begging. you got to know some things. Look at the next verse, 2 Peter 1, 3. According to his divine power hath given us unto all things. Say all. All things. Doesn't say some things. Part of things says all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Listen. Through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Everything pertaining unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him. If Listen to what I'm saying. Stay with me. If you're sick in your body, and I'm not throwing myself out, okay? I've experienced all of it. If you're here, just listen to me. It is my job to tell you the truth. Help me somebody. Do you want somebody up here just to make you feel good all the time, and I'll just give you some pudding? And I'm trying to tell you the truth so you can live a victorious life. I got to apply it just like you do. If you're sick in your body, we have a knowledge problem. According to the word, by the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. It's already been provided. And if I'm not experiencing that healing, then something in my brain is not acknowledging what Jesus did and I'm not receiving what he's called healing. I'm blocking it somehow. It's not a prayer problem. I'm not saying that we don't need to get closer to God. But I'm having a knowledge problem. So that's causing my receiving to be off. My reception to be off. If God said it, that settles it, that's final. I'm good with that. So I have to go to that. I'm not saying I'm perfect at it. So again, I'm just telling you what I'm finding out from the Lord. What if you have the wrong knowledge? There's totally wrong theories out there. There's pastors and well-meaning believers have told people that have died, well, God needed them in heaven then more than you needed them. You ever heard that? God picks the prettiest flowers for his bouquet. Those are reasons people get mad at God. People think, God, you failed. You could have done something. We have a knowledge issue here. So when we pray according to wrong knowledge, we're not making the issue go away. We're making the issue bigger. Prayer doesn't solve anything unless you pray scripturally. Jesus said himself, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray. Prayer alone is not your answer. Now, I'm not saying don't pray. You should pray. But the Bible says that his word never comes back void. Never. I can't say my word has ever done that. So I'm going to pray his word. Prayer is supposed to be communion with God. But to so many, it's just a religious exercise. I've been in meetings where it just seemed like because of who was there, we prayed louder or we, we prayed in the spirit and we prayed in tongues. If you're out here and you're a guest, do you believe in the gifts? I believe in every one of the gifts. Just so you know. But I don't want to just do things just to impress man. You know, there's people that say a lot of things and don't even believe anything they're saying. 
but in their mind, it's just a religious duty. And that's it. They blame God for all their problems. Well, if whatever happens, it's just God's will. I've heard that a lot. It's just his will, so whatever happens, they blame God. Why didn't you do anything? Why would you let this happen? Those kind of prayers hurt you. They don't help you. Knowledge comes from God's word. That's what's going to give you all things that pertain to life and godliness. Let's look at the next verse. Let's just peel this back a little bit more. You've went this far. Let's finish some of the ride. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So putting this all together, the, the word of God is where we get the knowledge from God, and that's how it all begins. We get into the word, we find out what his will is, and that's what we believe. So having the faith of God is one thing, but we have to acknowledge it and know it's there. That's step one. So I have to believe that, God, you gave me the measure, and I have to acknowledge that you put it there, step one. Step two, we need the knowledge of how it works. It's one thing to know that you got it, but you got to know how it works. Remember, it's the faith of God. It's not your faith, it's God's faith. People ask me all the time, well, what kind of faith is your church? Is it Pentecostal, Methodist, Baptist, Lutheran? You know, I tell them it's independent, non-denominational. But it says in Ephesians 4, there, there's only one. One faith. One Lord. One baptism. All these other things man has come up with. And I get it. You know, there's some, they believe this. We don't believe that. We believe this in the Bible. They, I get it. But we need the faith of God. It's his faith. I'm not here to divide any other uh, fellowship to say you're wrong, I'm right. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying let's just make this as simple as God's put it. If it's God's faith, I can't choose to make it work however I want because it's not mine. It's his. He gave it to me, yes. He delegated authority to me, yes. How does he use his faith? So I have to start following the laws that he's put in place about his faith. I can believe, well, God, I want you to do this. We have people, I know people right now, they believe they have a relationship with the Lord, but there's clearly things in the Bible that are clearly, I mean, it just spells it out. It says, the Bible says you're not to do that. I, I, I don't know how else to say it. But they think, mm, that doesn't apply to me. I beg to differ. doesn't change if you don't believe if i don't believe in gravity gravity has laws i go up this building i can jump off <laughs> brett's gonna fall boing 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 hopefully i won't bounce as much as i used to but i you know no comments from the peanut gallery <laughs> but it doesn't change if i didn't believe in gravity it would still be a law it's still in effect it doesn't matter how I believe that works. It works because it's already set up. You can't change a law. It works the way God set it up, not the way that I think it should be set up. Remember, it's not my faith. It's God's faith. People say this, well, God's so unpredictable, you never know what he's going to do. I don't believe that's true at all. God is God, he is almighty, he can do anything he wants, but because he put in place his laws and word, he won't override it. 
He has to stay in the bounds of what he created. He won't override it for you. He won't override it for me. Not for anybody. That would make him a liar. Hebrews 6 says it's impossible for God to lie. He's not a man that he can lie. And that would null and void his word in so many other places. It isn't going to happen. He's really the most predictable person in the universe, if you think about it. He'll never deviate from the book. If you think that God may or or not, he may heal, he may not heal, you don't know what his word says. Now, I'm not saying I understand how everything, you know, but we have an understanding problem. We have a knowledge issue. It's his will to heal. 1 Peter 2.24, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all, doesn't say part, some, only a few, says all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Not oppressed by God, oppressed of the devil. God has bound himself to his word, and you can guarantee what his will is by reading his word. Now, here's the truth. His will is dependent upon us cooperating. Let me explain. Some some places teach God is sovereign. Anything that happens is God's will, and we've talked about that. Yes, God is sovereign, but he works in the bounds of his word. But that's terrible doctrine if you think about it. If anything that happens, it's God's will. Let me just throw this out there. So 9-11 was God's will. It's God's will that he's responsible for murder, for rape, transgenderism, homosexuality. God is the one that's in control of all the woke culture. They blame God for everything. That's just not true. And that's not right. It's not scripture, and it doesn't line up with the word of God. God has a plan for you and for the world and this nation, but it is 100% dependent on us cooperating with him. Ephesians 3.20, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think according, listen, to the power that works in us. That verse says the power that works in us enables him. Did you catch that? That power in us enables him. He doesn't force his will on you. God gave you his face so it functions the way he said it would function. There are laws that govern how faith works. We are going to get into that. Next week, I'm going to start into that. You can't change the law. You can't do it your way. This isn't Burger King. He is the king of kings. You can't make faith work your way. Well, I don't want to do that. I want to do it this way. It's a law. You can't change it. We we think that faith is something we do. Now, I have to put this in there. We think that faith is something we do to make God do something. That's 100% wrong. God, by grace, has already done everything he'll ever do. He's already healed us. We are not waiting on God to do it. It's already done. The issue isn't, will he heal? He already has. We have to receive it. Faith doesn't move God. 
Faith doesn't make God do something. Faith only appropriates what he has already provided by grace. If God hasn't already provided for it, you can't make him do it. You need to... You you know, people are like, well, how about that one demon? Well, this one only comes out, Jesus said, by prayer and fasting. You can't fast and make God do anything. He's already done it. You know what happens when you pray and when you fast? You can't like, okay, well, God. Your understanding gets fine-tuned, and you understand what you're dealing with more. He might might reveal a secret. Now that you could, I'm going to tell you how you can get this guy out. And so then you put it in force. So prayer and fasting isn't for God. It's for you. You can't make God do anything by faith. He's the one that created all this. It's already been done. Can I say this? If it wasn't, why would Jesus say it's finished? He's not going back to the cross. We have all kinds of doctrine now. It's God's will that I'm sick. If that's true... Why would you ever take any medicine? Think about it. Well, if it's God's will, you're sick, then why are you trying to get out of God's will and take medicine to get better? Duh. We don't even think about these things, but God has already provided healing. He wants you to have a life of victory and success in health, in finances, in your mind, in your emotions, in your relationships. And how you conduct yourself. When you get saved, he put inside you everything you need for his perfect will to be accomplished and come to pass. He put his faith, the measure, inside you. You've already got the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, and 23. It says you already have it. You get saved, you got it. Faith is one of those. New King James says faithfulness. King James says faith. But it's there. When you're saved and born again... God, God says, there you go. We have to reach out by faith and appropriate what he's already done, what he's already provided. We don't make God do something. We just access to what he's already done. Faith is saying this, God, I totally trust you, what you've already done. You've already provided for that. I'm just going to receive it. My kids come to our house or whatever, or if we go into the drive-thru and get some. I never, they never have to ask me. Let me, let me, let me put it this way. I'll bring it down. When I first met Kim, I went to Charles and Charlotte's. They had refrigerator full of cool food all the time. Pepsi in the glass bottles. Remember those? You'd pop the Pepsi in that little steam and go, and you'd be like, I'm drinking that. Now, I had good stuff in my house, but we grew up, and my, my dad's sitting back in the back. We grew up, my sister, where's my sister? We, we got Pepsi or Pop, unless it was Fago or what was the other one? Shasta, what, but usually Fago. We usually only got Pop like once or twice a year when we were watching the Peanuts Christmas. Or the Wizard of Oz. And then we had to split it. Didn't we? Now he grew up with a mom that said, you only get one ice cube. (laughs) And he's back there, Lord, help me. 
Give me more ice than that, Mom. But she'd give him one ice cube. But anyway, I, you know, so I'm not opposed to that, you know, but I was just like, I wasn't used to it. I get to Charlotte's, and she made me two big burgers. Not one. She made me two. And she said, now, Brett, you want a Pepsi? And Kim said, do you want a Pepsi? And I said, sure. And so, and then I, I, I looked at Kim. I said, where's the glass? She goes, you want a glass? I said, no, but don't I have to split it? She said, no. You can drink that. Charlotte turns around and says, you drink that one. You want another one? Just help yourself. I'm looking for gold streets, and where's my mansion? Because, man, this was awesome. And that woman can cook. I mean, so, yeah, it was all good. Why am I saying that? I've got to think now. <laughs> they got me all hungry. <laughs> In Marion, Pepsi sales went through the roof today. <laughs> okay, I know what I was saying. <laughs> I could have had a V8. Half of you teenagers don't remember that reference. <laughs> Anyway, my kids come to my house. It was just like at Charles and Charlotte's or, you know, if I go to my dad's house now, I mean, they'll just be, help yourself. I don't even have to ask them. I can go to dad's house, open the refrigerator, and get right in. He's not going to say, get out of there. He's not going to say that. My kids come to our house. Anything that's in there that they want, they can have. Matter of fact, when my boys were living at home growing up, we'd go out to a restaurant, Kim and I'd go on a date and come back home, and I would have something really good, like spicy cashew chicken from Cheesecake Factory. That stuff Jesus would eat. I mean, it was really good, but it was a lot, so I brought some of it home. That's all it took. It was for Sam or Zach to... And the next thing I know, I'm like, I'm coming home from work. I'm like, I can't wait. I get that spice. Where's my cashew chicken? Oh, that, that was yours? Yeah, <laughs> You saw that little seraphim box that said, Dads, keep out? Well, I didn't read it. I was just hungry. <laughs> okay, whatever. But anyway, they, they can have anything they want. We go through the drive-thru. We, you know, we would just, okay, what do you want? We'll get it. That's what God is saying. See, they didn't ask or question Father. They didn't question whether I would feed them or not. It was just, they believed it. Well, I go to dad's house. We go to mom and dad. I showed up at my mom and dad's house when I moved out. Strangely, I'd show up a lot of times around supper. <laughs> and you talk about faith. My mom can save something for weeks. Yeah. You never knew when. I like, dad, when did you have this? He goes, what is it? I said, I can't tell. <laughs> there could be celery in there with hair longer than Crystal Gale. You'd never know. But she could cook, too. She was good. But it was never questioned, could we eat or would God, you know, that's what we have to have with Father God. He'll provide. He gave me his faith. So I have to learn how to operate in that. We have to find the ways of God. It's, it's in the book. So we walk by faith. We live by faith. Now, again, I, I don't know everything. I'm still learning. I'm not perfect. But he's using me and he wants to use you too. I've seen so many lives changed. They find the truth in God's word. 
And it isn't just theory. It's not just a whimsical idea. It's not just a, oh, I just had a thought. Just a, just a thought. This is the real deal. And I'm telling you this morning, not being boastful, not being like, look at me. I put my pants on just like you do, one leg at a time. But I have fruit from this. I've seen people healed. I've seen them saved. I've seen them delivered. Miracles, ears open, eyes restored, bones cracking into place. I've seen all of that. Rashes go away. Bumps disappear. I've seen it. There's more that I'm going to see. We're going to see the dead raised. I do believe it. We're, I've seen demons leave people. I have cast them out by the authority that God put in me. I've seen it happen. Faith works. People are saying it's not true. I was always taught this way, not the way you're telling me. I want you to look at fruit. And then again, please, I am not the only one with fruit, so that's not what I'm saying. You can look at ministries that have all kinds of fruit. Andrew Womack has tons of fruit. Pastor Gary has all kinds of fruit. But if you can find someone with fruit and they are telling you what I'm telling you, you might want to consider just maybe they've caught on to something. Just maybe they've uncovered a treasure. Just maybe that all these years, even though, but let's make the most of what we have now. Remember, you have the same faith and power that raised Jesus from the dead. You have it. I have it. Next week, we're going to start pulling into the laws that govern faith, how they work. There's reasons that some receive and some don't. I want to look at some of that. I want us to know. But God will not violate his word. And you can't get the results that you want by trying to do it your way. It doesn't work that way. If you want his results, that's his sovereignty. Here's how he works. You have to work in that. Start where you are. Use what you got. Do what you can. Bow your heads, close your eyes.